Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, esteemed listeners of Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. We welcome you to our spiritual breakfast. This is our interview segment. And mashallah, today we have it with Sheikh Abdul Hamid Saab, who is a resident of Lanasia and a musalli of Masjid Sufi, Sufi Masjid. And mashallah, he is close with Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain Saab, Ahmad Barakatuh. So let's welcome our Sheikh, Sheikh Abdul Hamid. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Mawlana, ji. Jazakumullah khairan for joining us today. And Sheikh Abdul Hamid is with us in the studio today, alhamdulillah. So it always adds to the to the ingredients, so it adds to the spices. When you just do a normal interview over the phone, you cannot, there's no emotion, so there's no uh, real, you know, that one-on-one interaction. But alhamdulillah, Sheikh Abdul Hamid Saab is with us. Hada min fadli rabbi is our lesson for today. Um, Sheikh Abdul Hamid, maybe you can explain to us, open up, unpack this for us, please. Jazakallah Mulana for inviting me here. It's a real pleasure to be here. Gee, often I'm interacting with Hadat Mufti, Mufti Abdul Qadir in the Masjid, Sufi Masjid, and he, when he's explaining something, he's often, often using the term from the Quran, Hazam in Fadli Rabbi. And I thought it would be appropriate to headline this whole talk, this whole interview with this ayat, Hazam in Fadli Rabbi, meaning this is the bounty of Allah Ta'ala. This is a blessing from Allah Ta'ala. Gee, uh, you can now begin, Mulana. Gee, so as we see that often, we'll just start it off like this, that um, often we have all these bounties that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala bestows upon us. You'll find that sometimes a poor person is more appreciative of a rich person when it's supposed to be in actual fact the other way around because he has all the and the poor person doesn't have much so like this on with regards to ourselves as well we have so many bounties which we engage in enjoy and we just fail to appreciate to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala these bounties and then you get some other individuals courageous individuals they remind us to tell us that oh you have this and you still haven't yet shown appreciation for this. But they are totally filled with appreciation. So, Sheikh Abdul Hamid Saab, you have a family member and born blind and yet so positive. Sheikh Abdul Hamid, can you please tell us more about this? Gee, uh, Malana, my daughter, Rezia, Rezia was born very, very premature, very premature, 14 weeks before the due date, according to the doctors. Hmm. So she was, um, because of her extreme prematurity, she had to be placed in an incubator. And she was very, very tiny. And so tiny that her organs were not even really developed. They were all underdeveloped. Hmm. And because of her prematurity, she was placed in an incubator and she stayed in the clinic for three and a half months hmm. at birth. Hmm. Meaning that she had to have oxygen all the time to keep her alive. Mm. She wasn't born breathing. She wasn't breathing when she was born. So, so to resuscitate her, they had to give her oxygen and uh, pump her and get her to breathe. And Allah Ta'ala willed that because of this oxygen that was there, it was either one of the two things, her lungs or her eyes. Mm. And it was her eyes that got damaged. Mm. Uh, 
the retina that conveys the message to the brain was damaged, mm. burnt with the oxygen. And as we said, this is the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. At that time, we didn't understand. Mm. To us, it was, we, we didn't even know that she was blind. Mm. We didn't know. She was there in a hospital, and that was also, again, a mercy of Allah Ta'ala. Born on a Saturday night, my father walked past. She was not yet, uh, we were still at home. My father walked past the room, and he saw my wife on the bed. And he called me quickly, Hamid, Hamid, come here. Take, do- take her uh, uh, straight away to the doctor. I rushed to the doctor. The doctor had seen her the day before. Mm. The day before, because she used to have an injection every week mm. from, from the gynecologist to keep the baby in its place. Mm. But Allah willed it that it didn't Gee. work out that way. The baby still came before the time. And when we rushed to the hospital, uh, to the doctor, he said, no, you rush her quickly. When he examined her, rush her quickly to the gynecologist. Mm. The gynecologist is a doctor in Park. He's not in Parkland Clinic. He, is operate, he works in that area. So he phoned the doctor and the doctor says, but I'm here at the Parkland Clinic area. Bring her quickly here to Parkland. Mm. Now he remembers her from yesterday. So I, she gave me a letter, don't stop, if the police stop you, just give them this letter. Gave me a letter and we went. Myself, my wife and two sisters rushed through to Park Lane. I don't even know where is Park Lane. We heard the name but mm. never been to Park Lane. In any case, we got there, there's a, uh, the bed waiting outside or, or outside by the door. Mm. And they put her onto the stretcher immediately, the first room. They rushed her inside, not even into the theater. Mm. And the baby was born. And from there, the doc, uh, the gynecologist, after a while, he walked in. Molani, you won't believe it. In a brown velvet suit, dressed for a Saturday night occasion. He's been at a party, 30th of June, and it's a cold, bitter winter's night. Mm. And he's coming from the party, and he rushes in. He goes into the room. After a while, he comes out. He says, she's not breathing, but don't worry. We'll see what we can do. After a while, one of the nurses walks out from the room, and she's carrying a, a stainless steel dish. And it's covered with a green cloth. And uh, when she saw me, she's walking past. She walks past and she says, Ach, sister. Hmm. And the meaning that, oh, what a shame. Because she recognized me as the father. And this is the baby. So, ach, shame. Hmm. In any case, they went. I don't know where they took the baby. And... I wouldn't even, we wouldn't be able to call it even a baby. When the doctor came out, he says, we've taken the baby. She's been transferred to the uh, ICU, to the uh, incubator. Then they call, he says, we call the pediatrician. Now, this is specialist upon specialist. Then the pediatrician comes there. He examines the baby. And after a while, they come back and he says, don't worry, Mr. Isman, we got the baby to breathe. The baby's breathing. I said, Alhamdulillah. Mm. It took me inside, Molana, what I saw there. 
in the incubator, that baby, black, blue, purple, all the colors that you can imagine, mm. full of blood. Mm. Full of blood and it was a frightening experience mm. to see. I mean, we've had many, many babies in the family, my sisters and my this, everybody in the extended family, there were babies. But to see this mm. was really traumatic. They got her breathing and she was in the clinic there. I used to go in on a daily basis. Mm. My father had a shop in Oriental Plaza and Brownfontein, uh, Hillbrow is not too fast. So I would go there daily and Many a times I would walk in there and she had stopped breathing. Mm. She had stopped breathing, but I had seen what the nurses used to do. So I used to rush into the uh, neonatal section, go in without my clogs and everything inside there, and I would do the pumping. Mm. And then call the nurses and they would come and they'd take over on many occasions. But alhamdulillah, she was breathing, growing. After a few days, the doctors called me, Mr. Isma, we had another serious problem. What is that? If you want, we can transfer the baby to Coronation Hospital. Mm. Because if she's going to stay in Parkland, it's going to cost you a real packet. It's going to cost you a huge amount. So I said, look, she's born here. Let it be. Whatever happens, we'll see what we can do. So she stayed in uh, Parkland. After a few days, I get another message from the one who see me again. She needs to undergo heart surgery. Mm. Allahu Akbar. Mm. A little thing like that, heart surgery. And I said, Bismillah, if it needs to be done, that has to be done. Mm. You are the experts. A few days later, no, no, don't, don't worry. She's corrected herself and that's oh, no, no need for that surgery. Mm. Then... From daily, I would take milk. My wife would express milk at home. I'd take it in a bottle, little bottle, little bottle, and take it to the clinic. And the nurses would feed her. I would feed her. Over and over, we went on like that, until when she was about three and a half, ma half months old, they discharged her, and we came home. And at home, when you play with the baby, we're talking to the baby, singing to the baby. This baby is not responding. Mm. Like, I'm talking now, Molana, you're looking at me. I can see you looking at me. You can see me looking at you. Mm. There's interaction between mm. the two of us. But here, there was no interaction. Mm. The eyes would not focus. So up until this point, we no, didn't know. nobody knew. Nobody knew. But I had a feeling something is not right. My wife had a feeling, but mm. we never talked about it. Mm. And we referred her to the doctor, and from one doctor to the next doctor, to the next doctor, the next specialist. We went to all the clinics there in the Hillbrow area. Nobody one, could. Nobody. Until one day we were at another famous clinic. I won't take names because it's, it's really, really hard sore. And the doctor examined her. They had taken blood from her. And when they, she was full of blood. Mm. Her clothing was full of blood. A little thing like that. And when we're carrying her, I'm full of blood. Mm. And wife is full of blood. And a doctor came past there in the passage. He's a now a real specialist. And Mr. Isma, you're, without any hesitation, without any emotion, Mr. Isma, your daughter is blind and she'll never see again. 
just like that. Mm, blatant. Blatant. She's blind and she'll never see again. We went back to the shop, to the plaza, and on the way, my wife is now crying. Sniffing and crying. I'm a daughter blind. Did you ever hear something like that? I mean, you read about a blind person. You heard that poem about the blind man. You saw maybe a film or so about a blind person, but did you ever come into contact with an actual blind person? I didn't. Until that time. Then we understood what it is to be blind. Mm. And by the time we reached the shop in the plaza, I was in tears. We went in and I went straight into the storeroom. And in the storeroom, my father suspected that something is not right. So he came inside there and he says, Babe, what's going on here? So I told him that this is what the doctor said. So when I told him that, so he, he replied in Gujarati, So what about that? She's blind, so what about it? You must be her eyes. Mm. That was the first step of encouragement. Mm. As I say, it was from one doctor to the next doctor, and it didn't end there. And playing with her, she's growing up at home. And Monon, you can stop me whenever you is a mm. question that comes into mind. You can stop me. And I would be playing with her. We'd be singing songs, and mm. I'll be reading to her. And then I started reading the thirtieth para to her. Mm. And I realized now, as she's growing now, she's two, three years old. Mm that she had already by hearted the 30th father. Yeah, two, three years old. Mm. By just reading to her, she would repeat it, and there she's got Allah it. So then we realized now it's time for her to go to some kind of madrasa, mm. not at school. So I went to all the madrasas, even another prominent madrasa here in the Nasia area. We don't take names again. And when we applied for admission, they refused. When they realized that she's blind, they refused. I said, this is from Allah Ta'ala. Then we enrolled her at Tiba, Tiba Services for the Blind. There was a woman there, a young woman by the name of Maria Makra. Mm. Maria Makra, she's totally blind, mm. but she, she taught Razia the basics in Braille, mm. the A, B, C, D, like that. And that's how she learned Braille. We made arrangements. We went to a Maulana Ibrahim. He's here. He was on Albatross Street, not far from where we're living. We used to take her, and they accepted her, mm. teaching her the Alif Bata. His wife, Apa Fatima, she, um, Allah grant her general fiddle, she's Amen. now late. She started with the surahs and kalimas and all those basics. We realize there's, there's a lot of potential here. By the time it's now, she's about five, six years old, and it's now time to go to school. And now the shock is going to hit us. Where do we take her to school? There was only one school that I know of that was in this area, and that was in Pretoria, Prince of. And that's a school for the white children. We made application. Sorry, Mr. Isma. Government laws, we can't accept your child. Because that was the height of apartheid. Mm. The other near school for the uh, is in Cape Town, in Worcester, for the Cullets. Mm. Now, do we send her to Cape Town? How do we do that? Third option, Peter Marisburg. 
there's a school for Indian blind children. So I went there, made a, a arrangements, and they accepted her, and we trekked, the three of us, myself, my wife, and the daughter. Little Audi put everything, whatever we could push into the car, and we trekked, not knowing where we're going. Mm. We have no house, no job. I left the shop, I left it to my father, and my brother, who is also late, entered the shop. He came into the business, and I went out of the business, and I went to Peter Marisburg. And as I say, no, no job, no income. Struggled. Molana Kari Ayub Ishaq, his family is from Peter Marisburg. They heard about us, and they accommodated us. Mm. We lived in their place in the outbuilding for about a week. Mm. We used to get meals there. The auntie there used to prepare sandwiches for us here and take her on a daily basis to the school. I used to take her with sandwiches coming from this house. Mm. She grew up. Eventually, I got a house, a, a little outbuilding, and started living there, travel daily to the school, come back. And from one place to the other place, we got a, there was a vacancy in the school, mm. in the school for a locum teacher, mm. a locum teacher, temporary teacher or a month for one term. They accepted me. And then afterwards, for the next term, again, I got that same position. The third term, I got that same position. So I got salary for three terms, which is three quarters of the year. I said, Alhamdulillah. And then in the new year, the vacancy was advertised, and I got a job in that same school. Now I'm teaching in the same school that now Razia is attending. Morana, hmm. this madrasa, there was no madrasa for the blind. The day Razia entered school, that's the day madrasa Noor for the blind opened. So we registered her there, mm. and they started. She was one of the first students there in Madrasa Noor also. Mm. And she excelled in school and in Madrasa and in Braille. She was a master. Till today, mm. highly, highly proficient. She received award after award in Braille. Today she can Braille English, Afrikaans, Arabic Braille, and Maths Braille, mm. mathematics, all on one finger. She can braille it. Four different braille codes. That's a story on its own. And as we say, she achieved lots and lots of awards. By the time we were in grade 10, by the time we were in grade 10, mm. um, Allah blessed us, the entire family, to go for Hajj. Mm. So we packed and we got ready. Including Razia, we all went for Hajj, including my sisters and brothers-in-law and all of them, we went for Hajj. One day, Maghrib time, Sheikh Uzaifi read Surah La Uqsimu Bihad al-Balad. When we reached back to the hotel, uh, she, Daddy, I want to do hibs. I said, MashaAllah. What's, what what do you want to do? He said, the way Sheikh Huzaifi read this al-Balad, I want to do it. I want to be like that. I said, all right, shalom, bismillah. When we came back to South Africa, spoke to Molana Murchi, she wants to do hips. I said, 
Bismillah, we go ahead. Every morning, Fajr time, I'll take her to Mulana's house and she would do her. He never gave her sabak. She would go on her own. She would go on her own. By the time she reached matric, she had completed school and madrasa at the same time. Alhamdulillah. Then, after completing school, by that she's now completed matric, now what to do? Daddy, I don't want to. She got bursaries already to go to university. No, I don't want to go to university. Then what are you going to do? I'm going to do hymns. I'm going to become an alima. By this point, she was hafiza was complete. Hafiza is complete. Now she's a hajihani and she's uh, hafiza already. Now she wants to do alima. I said, all right, let's speak to Morana. Morana said, Bismillah, we haven't done it, but we accept the challenge and we'll go also. He started. There's no literature, no kitabs in Braille at that time. No kitabs in Braille. So she would go in and the Molana there, they would dictate to her. They dictate to her and she would go on and she's Braille the lesson for tomorrow. Mm. On a daily basis, do the Brailing. Uh, and with her, there was another student from Thailand. You must have heard him. You've seen him before. Morana Isla. He joined and the two of them were together. That time also. And ever since then, there's never been another female. Never. She was the first and the last female. She now became a, completed a HIVS and her Alima course. Then what? Morana employed her in the same madrasa. In madrasa Noor, now she's now employed there in the madrasa. And she's doing proofreading and teaching other boys. So she's doing that. And then what made us, why are we back here in Peter Maris? We pulled nearly 30 years there in Peter Marisburg. It now came time for me to retire. And when you reach 65, it's compulsory. You have to retire. Compulsory. It's mandatory. So my retirement came. And now no family there in Peter Marisburg. No uh, connections, no nothing, only friends and colleagues made mashura upon mashura. Our sheikh is also there. The three of us, mother, father, daughter, and myself, we had taken bed to Hazrat Hafiz Qasim Parak. So we made, made mashura with him. If you have to go, you have to go. Mm. Yeah. So we made, after mashura, we came back to Johannesburg. The long track again. By then, we had a house, mm. we had our own house. First, initially, we didn't have a job. Mm. Now, Allah Ta'ala's world it, as I say, min fadli rabbi, we now have a house mm. that's over a million rand. And what to do? We sold up and we came back. We bought another house here. She started teaching in a madrasa here. And she was also teaching at, in Peter Masberg, she was teaching at home. Two students became Ali, uh, did hips with her, completed hips. Both of them, their names are Arifa. Both of them Arifa. So, Alhamdulillah. There were many other students. They came up to 20, 25 suparas and then time to get married. Mm. So they never completed, although later they completed the hips. We came back to Lanesia and she started teaching here. And then one person told me, if she's, so, if she's proficient in Braille, they know of a 
young lady that is learning the Quran in Braille. Why don't you teach her? So we thought about it, made mashura again with Maulana Marchi, and Maulana Hassan Marchi, and he said, Bismillah, go ahead, establish your madrasa. Not our madrasa, a branch of madrasa, Nur for the blind. So we got a madrasa at home for the blind. Hmm. And she's teaching there, and uh, madrasa is suspended at the moment because Razia Appa is going through severe, severe pain hmm. in her She's in her left eye, severe pain. A, a, an appointment has been made and she's going under surgery in two weeks' time. Just make dua, Mulana, everything goes well. Inshallah. Life makes so, it easy. I mean, I mean. So we're back here in Peter Marisburg and uh, I mean, not in Peter Marisburg, we're back in Lanesia and she's uh, teaching at home. When we say at home, she's teaching for Madrasa Noor for the Blind. And We move back to Lanesia. She's teaching at home. And unfortunately, many of the students that are there are elderly people. Mm. Today with modern medicine, they're able doctors are able to control blindness. If Razia was born today, in this day, in 2023, they will be able to control that blindness with medication and proper uh, Monitoring of that oxygen, mm. uh, they were they would be able to prevent that blindness. Mm. So what happens now is there's a lot of people going blind later in life. Mm. Now that they can't control because with age comes glaucoma and retinitis, pigmentosa, and other diseases. So they they are coming there and learning the Quran. But when you an elderly person, fifty, sixty years old, your finger, your your the pad that is here on the finger that feels uh, like you um, when you're doing your thumb print mm. when you get older the thumb print is no longer there mm. it's no longer because the prints are no more there on your finger they've erased because of age mm. so find, the elderly that are coming they are finding it very difficult to read but as Allah, Allah will she will she's still teaching them and as we say, with the good, there's always a bad. So she's teaching it, but very difficult to get it right. Mm. There's also reverts coming there, ladies, and alhamdulillah, all doing well. But as we say, Madrasa is not taking place at the moment because she's under excruciating, excruciating pain at the mm. moment. When mm. I walked out coming here, uh, I could see it already. She's in mm. pain. Malana, I don't know if you've got any questions. There were so many interesting lessons that were learned. Um, we just left in amazement that, mashallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took you from strength to strength and guided you at each point and now a madrasa from the home. And inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants full shifa so that this madrasa can continue Ameen. and many can take benefit from. Ameen. Often when we see different languages and then you think this language, I believe uh, lately in South Africa, there has been a language, the sign language has yeah. been established yeah. for those who can't hear. Yeah. So that's, mashallah, all of this people who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses to take the message from these and to assist other people who are in the same group then. 
Allah accept this effort inshallah and make make a, a means to guide others too one one other aspect that I didn't mention it it slipped my mind is we've been for Hajj and on numerous occasions Allah took to us for for Umrah hmm. as a family we went on numerous occasions and she's with the with Razi around we were able to travel to many countries also hmm. Starting off in Peter Mazel, without a job, without any income, Hazam in Fadli Rabbi, we travel to many countries mm. with her presence. Mm. Alhamdulillah. MashaAllah. So this is great lessons for us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspire our hearts that what are we doing? You can hear what lessons we've learned here, but we as the Ummah, what, what are we doing to liberate ourselves from the fire of Jahannam and to stop this mindset of just complaining, 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 rather to see what positivity we can take from each incident. And like they say, it's life is, it's not, it's not a destination. They often say about marriage, it's a journey. And every point you're learning so many things. And to stay positive with Iman, that is key. Hada min fadli rabbi. Jazakumullah khairan, Sheikh Abdul Hamid. Maybe you've got one last word with us. No, uh, I'm just pleased that I was able to do this interview with you. Again, it was Mufti Sab. We sit together daily. Uh, we're mm. reading Quran together. And when Mufti is a mountain of knowledge. Huh? There's an ocean of knowledge there. And I sat there and I ask him, what is this? What is this word? And he'll explain to me and he goes into depth, hmm. into in, an in-depth discussion on that one word of the Quran. And we sit and we'll talk and he give me a good description of what is going on. Hmm. And then with his knowledge of the current situation in Palestine, that hmm. again is mind-boggling. Hmm. The historical aspect, hmm. the current aspect, the future so we are really blessed. And I'm looking at that little frame there in front. I said, mashallah, that we were in this company. Allah took us from one step to the other step. Alhamdulillah. Inshallah, we hope to have you again, inshallah, okay. and uh, to inspire this ummah. From us and the team, we say jazakumullah khairan and for coming out for us and for, to you, all listeners as well, esteemed listener of Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, Sheikh Abdul Hamid, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah.